You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns with your host, Daniel Garrett. Today, we are previewing the Browns' week one game, opening game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead at 425 on Sunday. The Chiefs come into the game as six-point favorites. The Browns can hope to keep it close here. They really do have a shot to win this one, and really just a good competitive game coming up should be the best game of week one so we have jordan foot on of sports illustrated chiefs to preview the game with us you can find jordan at footnoted on twitter that is f-o-o-t-e-n-o-t-e-d so let's get right into the preview i'm here with jordan foot of sports illustrated chiefs and sports illustrated royals jordan how are you today Good, Daniel, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to chop it up with you and talk some football. Yeah, glad you could come on. Browns are playing Chiefs this week. It's a 425 game at Arrowhead. Chiefs are six-point favorites going into the game as of now. So definitely a slight underdog. Got the three-point home advantage, obviously. So looking at about a three-point difference is what the books think, which probably about right. And so let's get into this discussion here, talking about Baker. Baker was excellent down the stretch the end of the year last year and really going to look for him to try to repeat that and not have that same slow start that he had last year. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, man, I'm a big Baker guy. Um, I believe in him. I think I I did my Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast yesterday. Um, and I'm on record. I think the Browns are the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Like, I think as long as, you know, Buffalo has the floor, I think that's a little bit higher than the Browns, but the Browns ceiling hasn't been touched yet. And if they reach that with the roster they have um, with Baker really, you know, coming into his own, like you said, the second half of last year, he was a top 10 quarterback. Like there's really no debating that. So a top 10 quarterback with that running game, that offensive line, um, the coaching staff, that defense, Man, if he can repeat that for a full season and then make some plays in the playoffs, he doesn't even have to be a superstar. I don't think um, they're going to be a really dangerous team. So I believe in Baker. Yeah, and Corey Kennan, of, uh, he does a little bit of work for the Browns on Sports Illustrated. He did a full quarterback charting of every starting quarterback, and there was a large improvement from the first eight games to second eight games in terms of weighted on target percentage for Baker. He went from the second worst quarterback in the NFL in the first eight games to the second best and you're looking at about 24 percent increase in act and on target percentage which is absolutely massive skyrocketed him up with Aaron Rodgers was the one he was behind for the second half of the year 
put him right there with Mahomes even. And obviously Mahomes has a better arm, the higher upside plays. But if you can, on a consistent down-to-down basis, be accurate, that's going to give you a nice floor as a quarterback to be able to let the rest of the roster win games, like you said. And yes, if the Browns do reach that high and upside that they have with their more complete defense than the Bills and also a better running game as well, they're going to be able to outperform them, even though the Bills probably have a better passing game. The rest of that roster is good enough to where if the Browns can get it close with them, they can end up being a bigger threat to Chiefs in the playoffs, like you said. And also coming back is Odell didn't have him for the second half of the year. He missed the last nine games of the season. And Odell is going to be absolutely massive if he can come back healthy because one of the one of the big things that the Browns lacked last year was someone to be able to separate against man coverage. They just really did not have that player on their roster. How do you think Odell can help this Browns team compared to when we played you guys in the divisional round? Yeah, man, I think um, Odell can offer some more explosive, like downfield plays. Um, He can run the misdirection like end arounds um, kind of off, like not gadget type plays um, specifically, but quite a few of those, like he can do a lot of damage behind the backfield um, or behind the line of scrimmage before he even passes it. Um, really athletic guy. Hopefully, you know, I don't believe he's 30 yet. He still seems like he's like 27 or 28. So the athleticism should still be there um, with medicine. These days, guys usually don't come back and, and look multiple steps slow. Um, he's a, he's an electric player. And like, I I've seen the Baker Mayfield graphics with and without Odell and it's pretty striking, but I think it's gotta be a fluke. Like I know it's a decent sample size, but I still think Odell's going to help the offense. He's not going to be a diva that, you know, complains for the ball. Cleveland just doesn't throw the ball a ton compared to other teams. Like the chiefs, they throw the ball a lot. The Browns have arguably the best running game in the NFL um, at least the two best running back like tandem because Baltimore gets a lot from uh, Lamar. So I really think that Odell's going to help out. And I don't know if he's going to be like full go from the jump. I haven't really been following that, but I know if he does play, um, that's just the threat of him doing something. It's going to keep the Chiefs on their toes. Yeah, and he hasn't played the entire preseason, but neither has Jarvis either. And I would expect both of them to be ready to go out there. The other one, other receiver that hasn't played yet is Anthony Schwartz. Unsure. I don't, I would lean towards him probably not being there week one, but he just, we don't really know what his role in the offense is. I won't even, even if he does play, I'm expecting 20 snaps, not expecting a whole lot out of him. But yeah, Odell can add a lot to the offense that they didn't have last year. And in terms of players coming back, another guy you had to look at in terms of having that secondary is Grant Delpit coming back. And then you also add in a Greg Newsome first round pick out of Northwestern for the Browns at corner, signed Troy Hill and John Johnson, and also are going to get Greedy Williams probably healthy, but with Greedy, you never know. He's always hurt. Can't really expect a whole lot out of him, but he's currently the fourth corner anyways with Greg Newsom slotted to start there. 
Troy Hill's going to be playing in the nickel, and then the first one off the bench will be greedy. But so not expecting him to start is good for him because a very unreliable player. But how do you think the Browns secondary matches up with this Chiefs passing game? A very effective passing game, especially with Travis Kelsey, a very tough matchup piece and someone with speed like Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I think if these two teams meet in the playoffs, the Browns are going to fare better than they do week one. It's just a lot of moving pieces to expect them to slow down the Chiefs that much week one. But with that said, man, I had a huge draft crush on Greg Newsom. I'm a big fan of John Johnson's game. Troy Hill is very solid. They're going to get greedy back healthy, hopefully. So, Man, that, that secondary is legit, and they added Joke. I know we're going to talk about him here in a second, so just a lot of talent on that defense. Um, I've been watching too much soccer, calling it defense. Defense, <laughs> um, I, I think they're going to be good, and I think that they have some athleticism to match up. Like, Newsom's a, a sticky guy who could probably – I don't know where he – is he the, the nickel-like <clears throat> slot corner, or is that going to be what – uh hills doing i believe hills going to be there mainly okay yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if he does get some reps there in the slot but i expect the majority of them to come to hill okay yeah and that's fair and either way they they can mix and match stuff like that and they have like you said i didn't even mention delpit like they have a ton of good players in that secondary um i'm excited man I'm, i'm a big fan of what the browns have going on on both sides of the ball yeah, it's definitely something that you are looking at taking time to gel. Just like the offensive line that's in our position group, that and secondary usually take the most time to gel, especially at the beginning of the year when you add a ton of new pieces. And the Browns really just, in terms of upgrades, it's definitely the biggest, but I'm not sure, again, if we see its effects immediately. But with Newsom. You hope by the end of the year he's at the point. Rookies do typically struggle early at corner. Hopefully with these reps, by the end of the year, he's up to the point where he is what we thought he was going to be coming out. And that's really just the whole hope is that he reaches that by playoff time. You're not really – you shouldn't really expect as a Browns fan to get much out of him in terms of high-end production throughout the regular season. And like you said – Jeremiah Wusakoromo, a second-round pick, fell for health concerns and also somewhat fit reasons. It's very—it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. To, it's both not easy and not difficult to get him in because it's easy enough to just throw him out there somewhere, but it's very difficult to use him to his full effectiveness. Yeah. And – you hope that we can use them to the full effectiveness and with how much Joe Woods wants to play a lot of nickel and dime. I think they're going to be able to, because they can use him as that overhang, a little outside tackle box, be able to cover flats, cover some of the larger tight ends. I know there was a quote going around that got some people riled up from a pro football talk, but uh, wasn't necessarily what he, what he said. He wasn't going after Travis Kelsey saying he thought he had it. It was, more if he thought he was prepared enough and how good Kelsey was. And really, if he can be a guy that can match up in man-to-man against Kelsey, which is just a rare thing and definitely not something you should expect out of a rookie. But even if it is two or three years down the line, 
that's definitely something that's going to be valuable to defense and just a lack of athleticism last year at the linebacker position was very detrimental to the Browns in terms of coverage and adding him in there is just so much athleticism infused into the defense. Yeah. Trust me, man. I I know all about uh, a team that has a lack of athleticism at linebacker. The chiefs have dealt with that for a while. Um, I, I like joke a lot and shame on me for not reading the article, but I don't really read pro football talk. And I saw the quote, I was like, all right, whatever. Like every year, there's a couple of defensive backs usually or linebacker hybrids who say like, I'm the Travis Kelsey stopper. I'm going to hold him to like five yards or whatever. I'm like, okay. Then I saw joke. I was like, okay, this rookie's confident. And then finally someone like told me to read the article and I went through it. I'm like, this guy is just literally saying he's prepared to like try to have a good game against an all time great tight end. So I, I think he's going to try. I don't know how well he's going to do. I think, really Kelsey when he has a bad game it's because he beats himself and like drops passes like I don't think there's a player in the league that can single-handedly even slow him down that much and Joke is a very versatile player Um, like you said you hit the nail on the head I was going to say the same thing in regards to you can throw him out there wherever you want and he's going to do okay but in order for him to do well you have to figure out where you need him to play within your system like and that's different for the Browns and the Chiefs, it's different for the Browns and the the Seahawks. Like every team would use him a little bit differently. Um, and I think rightfully so, man, because he's he's a really talented player and he should have been a first round pick, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. He's just insanely versatile. And, you know, sometimes those versatile players struggle to get the coaching right, such as a, yep. Isaiah Simmons last year by the Cardinals, just so if you don't get the right system around them and put them in the right spots week by week, it's just going to be a struggle. And while we stick on defense, we will flip to the other side, to the Kansas State Chiefs defense. One of the things I'm most interested in is Chris Jones. Reports were he was going to kick out more and play some defensive end with uh, Jaron Reed and Derek Nottie there in your interior. You do have a solid interior besides him and lack that edge depth. What, what's your opinion here on, I'm sure you've said it plenty of times that, to the Chiefs people, but for the Browns people, what do you think of Chris Jones kicking out here to defensive end? Man, admittedly at first, I was like, this is a bad move. He's going to not be as good. Like he's going to have to lose a bunch of weight. And he did lose about 20 pounds. So he's still, he's like 290, I think, which is extremely heavy for a 4-3 defensive end. But still, nonetheless, he's always been a good athlete. So I'm not too worried about that, but dude, he looked great in training camp. He looked great in the preseason. He's healthy. He's motivated. Um, It's going to be a situation where on first and second down, I think he stays outside. And then when it's uh, time to pass like a third and long situation, he'll come back inside and they'll put their four best pass pressures out there. Um, But I think that's going to help him. Like people as early as a month ago, we're saying, oh, Chris Jones for defensive player of the year, like put in your bets. I was like, that's stupid. He'll have like 10 sacks or whatever. And now, man, I don't want to put a cap on his like ceiling this year. He's had 15 and a half in a season before. Um, I think he could potentially match that. And when you factor in playing a few different positions, um, learning, adjusting his body and stuff, he's going to get some good votes. So super excited um, for what Chris Jones is going to do. 
And I think he's going to be pretty productive this year for the Chiefs. Yeah, and I definitely do think Chris Jones is in for a great year. Like you said, at 290, he is a little bit heavier than what you typically expect out of a 4-3 DN. But his length is just insane. Where at that 290, he's going to look like your typical DNs because he's just so much taller and longer than them. And like you said, insane athlete in terms of a defensive tackle. And hopefully that does translate for him into being a athletic D end as well. And if he can rack up those sack numbers, be able to have that inside out versatility as well on passing downs, it's going to be really helpful for that chiefs defense, especially, especially given how on your base downs, like I said earlier, you're going to have some pretty good solid defensive tackles in there in between him and you have Clark opposite him as well. And so the other big change for the Chiefs here was their offensive line, five new starters. And I got to say, I'm not the biggest Lucas Niang guy, but outside of that, I absolutely love, love this offensive line. Like we said earlier, offensive line is in our group that takes a little time to gel. The Browns had to deal with it last year with, I believe they had three new guys last year. Not, not the whole switch with all five, but they did have three guys last year. Did take a little time for that to gel, but Orlando Brown has just been a dominant offensive tackle last year with the Ravens at left tackle. And before that playing right tackle, Joe Tooney, just beast at guard. One of the best there is Creed Humphrey was just one of my draft crushes. I loved him and same goes for Trey Smith. I thought he should have been a third round pick regardless of the health situation and getting him in the sixth round for you guys was an absolute steal and does not necessarily shock me that he's a day one starter dude is powerful and just incredibly built and he looks like an NFL offensive lineman he just looks the part is strong enough for the part is athletic enough for the part we'll see if he can actually play the part but he does look like he can be that type of guy and just a steal in the sixth round. And Niang is a second-year player at right tackle. You guys had him last year. So what do you think of the Chiefs' new-look offensive line? Yeah, Daniel, I'm I'm pumped for it, man. I think, like you said, it's going to take time. I literally published a column on uh, Wednesday morning that said, like, it's not going to be perfect because Jadavian Clowney is a good player. Miles Garrett's a great player they're going to be tested like Orlando Brown kind of learning more of taking vertical sets instead of quick ones. He's going to be tested athletically. Um, Niang is going to be tested in general because he hasn't played in the NFL before. So it's going to take some time. I think the interior of the line is going to be really good. I'm super excited for that. Love Tooney, love Humphrey, love Smith. Um, I, I think it's going to be strong. And like this unit could be together for the next four seasons, which is, almost unheard of and Cleveland's kind of working around that type of situation right now where they're going to develop some uh, continuity. I love their offensive line and I think the Chiefs can kind of model that off of some other teams. So like you said, it's going to take a while. Um, It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to even necessarily be great from the start, Um, but I think they're going to be competent. And when you think of how bad it was in spurts last season, um, I think if they can just not get Patrick Mahomes like, seriously injured I think that's a win for like the first three weeks or four weeks of the year yeah and like you said 
Orlando Brown is. It's a little, it's a bit of a different change of pace for him where really a lot of what Blockmore is doing is a lot of power run and you're not typically, they don't have a ton of traditional vertical pass sets, like you said. And Tooney was just so good in that New England system. And you now look at him going elsewhere. So like you said, going to take some time, couple weeks here, but I do think that this by the end of the year will definitely be a top 10 offensive line in the league. And when you're looking at that compared to what they had last year and thinking about how they still made the Super Bowl despite those offensive line woes expect that especially popped up in the playoffs. They still made the Super Bowl with that line. I do think that it's really going to be a big jump for them that way. And so let's end it here with a let's get first a score prediction and then we'll go into I want to get your uh both your MVP of the game and also someone that you think is a sleeper to watch here for the game in terms of who's going to be someone that's a lower level player. That's going to really affect the outcome. And that's, that's a good one. Uh, do you want me to just answer them all in a row or do you just want me to give prediction first? Oh, uh, let's go with score prediction first here. Okay. I'm going to go, I think 31, 23. I think, uh, I've went with that all week and I really don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to hold the Browns to 23 points, but I, I guess I'm going to go with it since I've already been on record <laughs> multiple times stating that. I'm going to go with 34, 31. I do think Browns will be able to cover there. And I do think it's going to be a high scoring game because like I said, the Browns secondary is going to take a little time to gel, but I do think this Browns running game, especially is going to be able to have some success throughout the game and then I'll go out with the MVP could go with the very obvious one and Patrick Mahomes I feel like he can be the MVP for you guys in any game but I'm actually going to go with Travis Kelsey we talked about him a little bit earlier I do not think the Browns right now will be able to effectively cover him again like you said no one can really effectively cover him throughout the course of an entire game. But I do think he's going to have a big game this week. But I do think if they do meet up in the playoffs, some of those Browns secondary players and Jeremiah Wiscormoa, John Johnson, Delpit, can be able to step up by that point and be able to do a little bit more. But it's just very difficult for anybody to really slow him down. And I think he's going to be the MVP of this game. Who's your MVP? So if you would have had me go first and like you recorded the soundbite, it would have been like almost verbatim everything you just said. Like down to the, I think come playoff time, they'll do better. I think he's going to have a big game either way. Like Mahomes is the easy one. Um, I, I completely agree with you. Kelsey's got to be the MVP for me too. Okay, so let's go to the last little bit. I'll get yours first here so I don't steal it. Who's your sleeper? going to be a big player oh, to affect man. the outcome i think david and joku is going to have like a sneaky not great game like he's not going to break 100 yards or anything but i think he's going to come up with some maybe one splash play and then a couple big like third down catches um to where he's more of a a deep threat i guess than austin hooper like the athletic threat i suppose 
Um, and people are going to focus in on Hooper because Hooper is a damn good player. But um, I, I think Njoku's going to have a sneaky good game. Yeah, and for the Browns here, I'm going to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones as that type of player. I think he's going to be exactly what you said with Njoku, having a few f- splash plays and then having some big third down conversions as well. I just really think he really separate himself as the third best receiver on this roster, despite the fact that we still have Higgins, who's a solid receiver. But I really do think Peoples-Jones has separated himself and can provide a downfield threat, more of that jump ball type, bigger body guy, throw it up, back shoulder type guy instead of the burner. But I do think he will be effective in that role. And I do think as a red zone target, he's also going to be effective. A lot of what you said with Njoku, a lot of this, it's a lot of the same traits that each of them give the offense. So I think we went with the same route, just picked a different player to fill that role. So, yeah, and I was close. I was close to picking people's Jones. He, I like him a lot. Like I've always kind of admired him from afar. Um, I think that he, when you have Odell and Landry, those are the big names or whatever. Um, and then you have Higgins, obviously, too, but he's a good player. Yeah, and that'll wrap it up this week. Jordan, thank you very much. That will be it for us today here on Fired Up Browns. Again, thank you to Jordan Foote at Footnoted, F-O-O-T-E-N-O-T-E-D on Twitter. He is a writer for Sports Illustrated Chiefs, as well as Sports Illustrated Royals for his baseball coverage. You can catch the Browns again, 425, at Arrowhead Stadium. We will be back next week to recap the game against the Chiefs, and we will also have a preview for Week 2 against the Texans. Let's go Browns, and let's get fired up.